Thanks, everyone. Um, so thanks, Christopher, for uh, for your presentation, and I think it kind of segues into my presentation on different layers of the state, and um, I'm going to focus sort of more specifically on the local state. So the Chinese state in the 21st century is, um, as we uh, have concurred, is increasingly heterogeneous entity, and it's comprised of layers and spaces. And this diversity is in part attributable to the rise of non-governmental organizations operating in China. And so the paper that I've written, um, which is part of um, my book, um, which is a labor of pain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so part of that paper is part of a book. So the paper examines how state and NGOs transform each other. And I argue that we need to problematize and thus reconceptualize the Chinese state to include a spatial dimension. And I demonstrate this through a case study of migrant non-governmental organizations. So migrant organizations that represent rural to urban labor migrants within China. So that's the case study that I focus on and in Beijing and in Shanghai um, in particular. And I argue that these NGOs are making strong efforts to engage with central but also local authorities. And I contend that the local state is becoming more crucial, which Christopher um, has also noted in his presentation and paper. So local state is becoming more crucial in the work and in the activities of NGOs. And it's the growing presence of the local state that constructs this notion of the state as a spatial entity and thus layered. So in this era where we see NGOs proliferating um, across China, the state is engaging with society as a means to remain um, relevant and legitimate. And through this process of engagement, um, the state is penetrating different spaces to ensure its survival. And space here should be construed in both a sort of a geographical sense. So Beijing, Shanghai, um, in my particular case. So geographically, there's the cities of Beijing and Shanghai. But space should also be seen as a social process. That is, um, NGOs and their work represent a domain in which different layers of the state are engaging with, but have also permeated. So by treating the state um, as an undifferentiated entity, um, not only masks the complex internal diversity that exists, but it also eschews the emergence and impact of non-state actors on state society relations. Um, but by locating the state in this spatial context, which I'm advocating for, and hopefully it'll pick up, um, in a spatial context helps unveil this, their complexities and the changing dynamics of state society relations, in part characterized by the prolifer proliferation of NGOs. So today I'm just going to give um, uh, sort of a definitional um, insight into what I mean by layers and spaces. Um, I'm going to look at the case studies, probably not in great detail. Um, if it's something that of interest, we can discuss it during the panel discussion period and provide an analysis and sort of a conclusion. So the aim of the presentation today is really to set out a framework to understand the emergence of the local state through the notion of layers and spaces. So um, the case studies are, while 
um, uh, going, uh, while they are interesting, I won't focus all my time on the case studies. So space um, ought not to be conceived merely in locational or geographical terms or as a commodity, but rather as a social process and ultimately as a political tour. So conceptualising the state um, in terms of space uh, has received critical analysis and reflection, particularly by political geographers. Um, so here I draw a lot of the work um, by authors such as John Agnew um, and Neil Brenner. And they note that there is a tendency on the part of the social sciences to view the state as a static vessel that contains economic, social and political processes. So Agnew's observation of how space as understood by social scientists can be delineated into two ways. So first, um, he argues, space is seen as territorial, where it's viewed as a series of blocks demarcated by the state's um, territorial boundaries. Other geographical scales, such as local or regional, um, are disregarded. Um, second, um, space is largely seen as structural. Um, geographical entities and their relationship with each other produce spatial effects. So Agnew argues that both understandings present a fixed idea or territory, uh, fixed idea of territorial or structural space irrespective of the historical context. While state-centric approaches to understanding um, state-society relations don't necessarily ignore the geographical context as the above two conceptualizations indicate, it does render, render the state as somewhat of a fixed entity. So we have the Chinese state, for example. So space for this purpose, um, for the purpose of the paper and of the presentation is therefore both a physical location, so the two cities, and as a social process. So what do I mean by a social process? So as a social process, space can um, therefore encompass an array of social relations and as a process in which the state becomes rather than is the final product. So that is the state is not a static entity, but it's constantly changing. So NGOs and other social stakeholders are sites in which the state may permeate um, to further its own goals. So therefore, um, the state, through pe penetrating the spaces of NGOs or NGOs' domain of activities, is extending its parameters. So spaces of NGOs um, become spaces of the state. So thus one can say that the relation between state and NGO is one of power. And such relationship occurs within a particular context or a particular space. So to understand state and NGOs as mutually constitutive within the broader context of state transformation and um, what this means for the NGO sector in China, we will therefore need to comprehend that these relations and interactions occur within a locale. So space is therefore a product of our social interactions and we are in constant negotiation with each other to construct and to reconstruct this space. So two outcomes, um, two outcomes from these interactions and negotiations are evident 
for our understanding of space. So first, the space that encompass these relations between state and society or between state and NGOs um, is inherently political. Second, um, space possesses porous boundaries um, and in internal diversity. So thus here I'm saying that state in its, in its negotiations with, with society opens up the boundaries and thus become, becomes porous. So if space is the result of our social interactions, um, it can expand or contract. So for example, um, if we conceptualize this by thinking of it in terms of state and geo relations, when there are numerous partnerships between state and NGOs, the boundaries of the state expands. When there are limited um, state NGO collaborations or state NGO partnership, it contracts. So to explain the NGO phenomenon um, within the context of the Chinese state, I adopt this multi-level approach to the state. So there is growing consensus that the Chinese state is heterogeneous. Um, but there is sort of an absence of the specifics of this heterogeneity. So I approach this by analyzing each layer of the Chinese state and examining how each one of these layers collaborates, cooperates, and, in, and interacts with migrant non-governmental organizations. So the layers of this Chinese state refers to the central, the municipal, um, the district, the street neighborhood, um, Jiedao, and residence committee or the Juwehui in Beijing and Shanghai. So these administrative layers are not new. I didn't make them up. Um, they are there. And this is, so this is what, what I mean by layers. So there are different layers of the state with different types of interactions with um, NGOs. And in the paper and in sort of the larger project, um, I systematically examine each layer of the, of the state to show the contrast between central and local states in terms of their engagements with NGOs. And in so doing, it becomes um, clear that there's utility for the Chinese state, different layers of the state, to collaborate and cooperate with the NGOs in different ways. Um, so I demonstrate this Chinese state is um, not simply a vertical construction, but it also extends horizontally um, into new spaces as those occupied by NGOs. So it's in this space that, um, or domain of NGO activities that we see different uh, levels of the state entering. The state reconstitutes, reinterprets the space within their own terms, and in this process, it seeks to remain re relevant in a rapidly changing society. So to conceptualize the Chinese state in spatial terms will provide a, um, a platform to engage in sort of this inquiry um, and into sort of theorizing the state beyond conventional means. Okay, so I just take four, um, four NGOs as sort of a, a, a sort of an insight into what I mean by layers and spaces. So um, I've chosen two. So A, B are based in Beijing, C, D based in Shanghai. Um, so they, are, they all focused on the group, migrant um, laborers. Um, but for NGOD in Shanghai, its specific focus is on migrant children education. So providing migrant children with um, e uh, extracurricular activities, tutoring, etc. So 
A, B, C, and D, uh, A, B, A, B based in Beijing are, um, are sort of, in some sense, um, they term themselves both as community development uh, NGOs, but also in some sense advocacy NGOs, but um, they wouldn't say that too loudly, I guess. Um, and D, uh, sorry, C focuses largely on community development, and migrants is one part of that um, community development project. So as you can see from the table here, um, A has uh, interactions with central municipal district street neighborhood uh, com committees. Um, B uh, has everything but central, whereas C and D, based in, in Shanghai, um, don't necessarily have the sort of the extent of relationships or collaborations as uh, A and B uh, in, in Beijing. So I know um, four is not indicative of the entire NGO population in China or the entire uh, sector of migrant NGOs, but simply to give you a, a, a taste, an indication of the different, um, different types of collaborations that exist and the different layers of the state that are involved in the everyday work of um, NGOs, uh, migrant NGOs. Um, while the focus isn't on the central state, it is uh, in part important to bear in mind that um, particularly the, the uh, NGOs based in Beijing, not just A and B, but the others that are a part of the larger study, do try uh, and seek partnership or seek collaboration with the central state. Um, partly as these NGOs mature, it seeks to influence policy and it's largely at the central level in which these policy um, influences occur. Um, however, when there is collaboration or where there is interaction between the migrant NGO and the central state, the collaboration is largely uh, of a symbolic nature. Um, what do I mean by symbolic nature? Well, largely it is the state granting them a, uh, a consultation with, re with respect to pe uh, particular or specific policies. Um, it is not a long-term collaboration. It's ad hoc. It's, uh, often it's one-off. Um, it's not, not repetitive in terms of interaction or collaboration. But what I'm really interested in is you know, the, central, uh, the municipal level and below. Again, um, the municipal interaction is, again, symbolic. Um, I think the further down we go in terms of layers of the state, the, um, more, uh, the more nuanced and the more interesting the collaboration gets. So suffice to say, at the municipal level, the, the cooperation is, again, symbolic. So the municipal government of Beijing and Shanghai would, didn't, uh, would give uh, an award of recognition to the NGO for best work done, for a model NGO, and often they're seen as a model for the rest of the NGO, of the NGO sector. Um, and it's, the municipal level doesn't, is encouraging, as we will hear throughout the day, that um, it's uh, encouraging and also experimenting with the social, social service delivery models, which we'll hear from Marta and Jessica. So at the district level, what we do see is a much more, um, much more engaged and much more um, everyday involvement on the part of the local state. At the district level, particularly in Shanghai, we see very active involvement um, of the Shanghai District Authorities, particularly in um, District of Putou. 
um, what we do see is that they've been given the go-ahead, I guess, by the, the central and the municipal level to experiment with social policies. Hence, we, at, in Shanghai, we see very active engagement with um, NGOs. And in particular, um, some of the NGOs are, have been approached by the district authorities, particularly in Shanghai, to collaborate with them. So the district authorities have been proactive in seeking out NGOs to collaborate and partner and to carry out work with regards to um, migrants. And what we do see is this idea of creating model types of NGOs. So they've so district authorities have identified certain NGOs that they wish to collaborate and partner partner with. And what they seek to do in that process is to create to mould them into this model type of NGOs in which then they can sort of um, take to other districts. I've got this great NGO, perhaps you might like to think about how other NGOs could be modelled on this type. So they've, um, they create trust, as Christopher has said, um, in this process that um, the, by having sort of the legitimacy and the indicator by the district authorities, um, it creates greater trust amongst the community, amongst the public. Uh, of these NGOs. When we're looking at the Jedal and Jiuhui levels, um, it really is about economic gains, right? So the, uh, the Jedal Jiuhui might have an office space um, that is not used, and they are very willing, not very, not always very, sometimes they are willing to rent out these space to NGOs in which they can conduct their act activities to have their headquarters, etc., and it really is about sort of um, the um, the economic gains that these lower levels of the state can derive in their engagement with um, these NGOs. But it's not necessarily a um, uh, it's a tacit indication of acceptance of the NGOs. But this tacit um, tacit consent can be withdrawn at any time when it doesn't suit the the street neighborhood committee or the residence committee, or they, uh, or they perceive the NGOs that they're in partnership with as being too politically dangerous. This can be withdrawn at any time. And hence, that's why we see so many of the NGOs moving headquarters, moving their offices from time to time. Um, so consent, tacit consent can be um, withdrawn quite quickly. The type of activities that are, occur at these lower levels with NGOs is usually um, cultural activities. During springtime, during the spring festival, or during the mid-autumn festival, the, uh, these lower levels of the state would ask the NGOs to put on cultural shows, draw out a crowd, show harmony, harmonious society in action, etc. So those are the type of the engagements that happen. And I haven't really sort of given you a very um, concise picture uh, of what is occurring at the local level, but in part is to say that there is a heterogeneity of relationships, there's a heterogeneity of partnerships, and it really is dependent on sort of the the, um, the district, the Jiuhui or the residence committee that we're talking about. And hence, that's why we need to focus on the local levels, because there is so much heterogeneity. So to wrap up, Okay, so the paper, um, I hope, has highlighted the need to consider state-society relationship, not from a hierarchical standpoint, um, where it's only the state that shapes the linkages, 
Um, instead, it's a diverse state, layers upon layers, with different objectives and different concerns. Some NGOs have found niches and spaces where the local authorities are very willing to discuss and to collaborate. So, as a result, state-society relations viewed from this multi-level perspective is not a one-dimensional picture. The informal arrangements at the local level, such as the case of um, where we see rental property uh, agreements, reaffirms the notion that the state, the local state, is impacting on the day-to-day -day operations of migrant non-governmental organizations. State space as, as seen through the lens of the NGOs is not a static entity, nor is it a container with fixed boundaries. Rather, as I have demonstrated, um, the space in which the state inhabits is fluid. It's dependent on its engagement with NGOs. So I hope that I've shown that space, state space is not a singular concept, and it's difficult to characterize a definitive notion of Chinese state space. Instead, there are multiple spaces of the state, and each has its own characteristics depending on the level of the state we are analyzing. So furthermore, we see that each space is predicated and, and as a result of social relations. And in turn, these spaces constrain, facilitate, and changes the practices, practices and process in which state and NGOs interact. Thanks. <laughs>